Hello, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelic Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every Thursday talking to you about business, balance, entrepreneurship, life, and everything in between. And you can always reach out to us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. On Twitter, we're Heart Hustle Pod. Instagram, Facebook, we're Heart Hustle Podcast. You can slide in our DMs. You can ask questions. A lot of times we will ask for listener questions on here, so be sure to send those questions our way. Let us know, you know, just what you want to know about business or any questions you have, even if it's like something very specific. We always have different types of people here on the podcast. We've had lawyers on, we've had accountants on, we've had toy makers on. Um, So if you have something specific that you want to ask, please ask away. We would love to make sure that we get that information to you. Yeah. You said every Thursday, every-ish. 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 Mostly every Thursday, though. For the most part. We, yeah. We're trying. We're human beings. Uh, we have not taken a break. So this year, which most people during the summer are pretty much on hiatus from recording. So the fact that we show up is, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. We do not plan to stop this summer. We, we plan to continue recording. Um, and with some good guests this summer, too, which is great. It's fantastic. Um, the world is as always promptly on fire as it has been since the, the, the beginning of this podcast but specifically <laughs> it really has because we've been recording for about five years. years and so i think like you know five years ago it was like not so bad but it was the beginning bad. of terrible because it was but the election year getting, it was 2016 yeah it's getting so like, it got bad somewhere <laughs> um so yeah it's it's a lot this this past year it's like kind of nonstop and you know, I think that like, I don't know, just like every group of people is kind of going through something right now. Uh, the Delta variant is still doing its thing. A lot of people aren't vaccinated. I was just looking at uh, the numbers here as we were uh, chatting and, and a lot of places where you'd think that there'd be a lot of vaccinated people like, you know, Williamsburg, New York. Uh, there's not actually a lot of vaccinated people. It's like 23% of people. Um, and the Delta variant killed eight people in uh I don't know if it was Orlando or Orange County specifically the other day. Um, But yeah, eight people in Florida definitely died from the Delta variant the other day. People are dying from the Delta variant in in different states and different areas. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, still obviously concerned about the pandemic and just just everything going on. But, um, you know, it's uh, therapy. Therapy's great. Yeah. I'm so thankful for therapy. Get a therapist. They're fun people. I will say, yeah, we are still, in case anyone's wondering, we're still wearing masks and trying to be outside and not be inside. That's not going to change because you people keep coming here and I have no choice but to stay in my home. (laughs) I'm going to say that until the summer is over. I'm like, just, you people keep coming here to visit. And so, therefore, I can't go outside. If you can get out every day and like get out and enjoy a little bit of sunshine, not too much because obviously you don't want to overheat and it is getting, it's hotter today here in DC than it is in Orlando. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, I, I checked the weather for both places and I was like, how is this fair? We're like 10 degrees hotter than y'all. Yeah. I mean, Portland was hotter than both places for like oh a week. Yeah. So. so yeah, there's a lot of heat waves and stuff going on. So just, you know, make sure that y'all are staying hydrated as much as you can. 
Um, don't forget to drink like in the evening. I think a lot of people like just drink when they're hot, especially water. Like they're like, I'm going to drink water, have fruit, like when I'm actively hot. But the trick is doing it before you actually get hot. So in the evening, especially if you know you're going to go like hiking or just like be out and about, like please have water in the evenings too and just continue hydrating throughout the day uh, because we want you to be safe. And yeah, these temperatures are getting high and scary. But at, at the same time, I do think if you can get outside every day safely, Um, It is so great for your mental health and, you know, like try to meet with people outside. Like we don't just have to all go inside. Like there's still a Delta variant. Please be careful. Wear your mask if you're inside. Um, I will talk to people outside without having to be like, you don't have to be in each other's nostril hairs to have conversation. Like I don't, when I say that I'm like inside, I mean, I still talk to human beings. It just doesn't mean I'm all in their house taking my shoes off and we're all having our kids walking around with no mask. I've heard that like people that that are going out and about like say to like, whether it be the movies or theme parks or, you know, just anywhere where like you'd be like waiting in a line or like grocery stores even like a lot of people are saying that like people now are back to just like not understanding personal space and even like worse than before. And I truly don't understand that because of all the things, like there's been a lot of terrible things to come out of the pandemic, but like having personal space is not one of them. Like, I still think that why would you not want to just like have a little space between you and the person next to you? Like there's no reason to be like all up. If you're a therapist, come talk to us about that choice that people yeah make. i'm very it's very perplexing to me behind it so i guess a lot of people are saying that you know they'll be like in line at the grocery store or oh yeah no i will tell you will it's true it's a true right setting it's real on them it's a real thing um, they still have the stickers on the ground and people don't care and um i do so please and don't I'm like stand to me even without me. the stickers i'm just like why would you want to be so close to someone ever like outside of you know covid existing or anything else like that it's just like if you don't know somebody like, wouldn't you want just like a little bit of space between you and that person? I'm like, uh, what are you gonna do if somebody crop dusts you, dude? Yes, <laughs> you're exactly. not wearing a mask, so you can smell it. So, what are we doing? I'm like, just- <laughs> it's just a little like too close for comfort, and it's strange. Luckily, here, so our Trader Joe's has like six like uh, checkout lines, and they like you'll wait in like a big overall line that they like are still spacing out. And then they'll send you to like the little individual line. So, like, that's been pretty easy. And then the Harris Teeter they have like four like checkout on your own lines and they are never like busy. Everybody always just goes to like the regular line. So I would just go to the checkout, like, you know, what yeah. do you call it? Self-checkout. Self- Thank you. I was like, check out on your own line. <laughs> Why did I find the longest way to say that? Oh yeah. I'm heading to the checkout on your own line. Uh, but yeah, I go through that and it's just, you know, easy in and out and there's like nobody around. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how things are. I'm just trying to like avoid crowds. I did go to New York city last weekend and I was in Brooklyn. Um, nobody's wearing their masks. I didn't even see people like with masks outside of like me and my family. Um, and we wore them like when we were in big crowds and then obviously like, you know, we sat down and like had food, uh, you know, we were in the park and then we weren't wearing them. If we were like alone, we weren't wearing them, but there was a lot of crowds, a lot of people like kind of like up in your business and that sort of thing. So it was like, okay, time to put that mask on. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. And like, you know, I looked up the neighborhood that we were in and it's only, uh, like 27% people there are vaccinated. So it's a lot of people who have to kind of worry about that Delta variant. Um, which is it in New York yet? It's everywhere. Seems like it's all over the East Coast. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It it is. Just, it's fine. 
Just um, be careful, people. We want you to be okay. You're in charge of your own self, so I will I will see you when it's safe. <laughs> Most of you. <laughs> to be a long time. Other than that, uh, in terms of summer business trends and, and forecasting, it seems like people are still obviously spending money like they never stopped. Outside is still expensive, so people I think are. There's like a, a range of people who are like, I'm still out here spending money because I can, I have it, I have extra because there are better wages for a lot of places, but there still are people being a little bit more reserved. So you may see some dip in your summer sales, and then you may see that uptick, obviously, in the fall and the winter. So I would prepare for if you have seen a dip between your like spring sales and then your summer's kind of gone down, and just prepare that fall and winter is going to be nuts. And also just because we don't know how the Delta variant is going to go, and I don't think there will be a forcible and enforceable lockdown situation, but people may be more hesitant to go back outside into stores during that time. So you probably, your e-commerce situation needs to be on uh, point and make sure you have really good email sales funnel situation to follow up with your customers who may have not been ordering during the summer just to let them know that you have things that are coming. So just prepare your communication and be ready for the influx of shopping that's going to happen in the fall and the winter because people definitely are going to go back to like, Christmas parties and Christmas dinners and that type of, I've seen so many events and we've been talking about events and stuff with different people. So those will be happening obviously this year, I think regardless of whether or not COVID's really bad or not, but just be prepared that people may need your services if you're a service provider. So if you're a designer, especially uh, really be out there networking right now because in the fall, people are definitely going to be looking to hire more people to do stuff. So Yeah, I'm definitely starting my Christmas shopping at the end of August because I want to, you know, shop small. And I know that a lot of places are just going to be like overwhelmed with orders and and that sort of thing. So I just want to make sure that I kind of get those orders in early. So I'm going to kind of start that process. I mean, it it normally takes me a few months to get everything like ordered and done and everything. Also, because it's like sometimes you don't know exactly what you want and you're just kind of like browsing on Etsy or whatever. So, yeah, but I plan to start late August. Um and continue buying yeah, through, supplies you know. are also down a lot my friends who've started back yes. to school shopping not me uh they <laughs> have said that it has been a struggle in especially the uniform space so if you are a person who utilizes kind of like your maybe not a set uniform provider but maybe you're more so the target the old navy the walmart i would suggest you probably do that early or if you can find a small business buy from them instead because what's going to happen is the more we wait out, there's going to be less quantities available because a lot more yes. kids are starting school this year. There's double the kindergartners because a lot of people did not send their kids to school last year. So this will be yeah really big definitely. kindergarten classes, um, really big sixth grade classes, that type of thing. So the, you know, the jump ahead classes where people typically held their kids back, they're going to be really full. So fifth grade uh, and, you know, seventh grade, that type of thing. So just be prepared now <laughs> to start trying to get your spot and you don't have to go to a big re- retailer for school supplies the thing about school supplies is that a kids go through them like water first of all so i i know that like if you financially need to save obviously spurge go to a big box store but if you have that little bit of extra money go get like a, a pencil that's made from certain people a pencil case that's made on etsy that type of thing backpacks maybe that are more done by smaller just because you can shop small probably find everything you need on your list versus trying to fight somebody breathing down your neck in in target for pencils that do the same thing as the other pencil. you know what i mean like if you yeah. have the, the money to kind of splurge a little bit 
I would invest in probably better quality backpacks and things just because kids are rough. If you've met a child, <laughs> you know, they're violent with things that they didn't pay for, even things they do pay for. So just, and I would say it's like what July 14th. So this is your school annual... starts in a month Yeah, This us. is your annual reminder. Um, if you are going to be having specific items in your shops or whatever for fall and uh, winter, probably get ordered ordering on that supplies right now. I know last year there was a huge shortage for jars. Um, eventually there ended up being a shortage for, um, candle wicks. Um, so yeah, like make sure that you're ordering that stuff now, make sure that you're kind of getting those ideas together ahead of time so that, you know, it doesn't, it's not September and all of a sudden it's like, oh no, like I can't get my hands on A, B, and C that I use to make whatever it is that I sell in my shop. So start kind of, you know, budgeting that trying to get that in the next few weeks if you can do so um, because I just imagine that it's going to kind of be the same thing where there's going to be a lot of shortages of different things also if you're looking to like buy furniture and you want that furniture to be here before the holidays I know it's early but like some of these places are that backed up especially like so we've been looking at the idea of getting an organic couch um, and they're even like so the places that like specialty make things are even more backed up and this isn't like, you know, this isn't like the fanciest, like it's like a, it's maybe like a few hundred dollars more than a couch at rooms to go. Like it's not crazy fancy or anything. Like the one I'm looking at is like 18, 1900. Um, so it's not like ridiculously priced. It's not a super, super fancy place, but they do custom order things and um, they're all like organic couches. And it's like, they're so backed up more than they normally are because they can't get their hands on the supplies that they need to make things like in a more timely manner. Um, so we've definitely seen like the bigger box retailers have those issues with furniture, but I think that, you know, the smaller places are as well. So just kind of keep that in mind. If you're, I know a lot of people are kind of like switching up their home thing. We've seen a lot of people move to just completely different lifestyles. Like we were just talking about how you have a friend that moved from celebration and moved kind of like out to like the sticks and bought a ton of land and like, you know, has a house there now. So it's like a lot of people are kind of, I think that, you know, quarantines just made people reflect and be like, okay, what do I want life to look like? So if you've made a change and you, you know, are looking to furnish your place and you want it furnished by the holidays, please get those orders in like in the next few months. Cause it is taking, you know, up to like four or five months for some places to get furniture back to people. So well, other than that, we will. Uh, we have an amazing guest who is really knowledgeable in her area, and so definitely listen to the end because she gives you some really information on something that she is doing that you should buy ASAP because it will be super helpful, especially as we talk about these fall changes, just getting your stuff together to be able to get into the fall and the winter and not drown in the busyness of the season so and something affordable which is affordable great. we yes. always try to give yes. you things that are affordable um so definitely check it out let us know what you think as always you can leave a rating and review on apple podcast you can always follow us on instagram at heart hustle podcast and on twitter heart hustle pod and use the hashtag boss so hard so we can know what you are up to during this hot time hopefully if you're outside and you're around people share us pictures of you wearing masks <laughs> i'd appreciate it all right guys we will see you next week bye hi 
friends, we're so excited to have a guest. <laughs> I feel like it's the first guest of the real summer. We've been talking to each other for a long time. Uh, yeah. Nikki Nash here, who is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, a true crime enthusiast, I learned five seconds ago. So Nikki, for our listeners who are not familiar with you and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my goodness. Well, for having me on the show, this is so much fun. And yeah, I love it. And uh, quick I guess, rundown on who the heck I am. Um, I am a former corporate marketer. I uh, started my career in publishing, actually, at InStyle Magazine and then Travel and Leisure, and then did a stint in advertising for a couple of years and ultimately migrated over to like what we called the client side. And I you know, interned at Coca-Cola um, when I was between my first and second year of getting my MBA. And then I ultimately went to Intel because I wanted to do more um, digital marketing and content marketing. And my background before that had been in what we call traditional marketing, like advertising and print and all the things that were on trend for radically changing or dying, (laughs) essentially. And um, after about three years at Intel, um, I found out that ovarian cancer ran in my family. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to spend my life in a cubicle. And um, I found out I don't have the gene or the genetic marker, and neither does my sister, but my mom and her, uh, her sister did, and, and it definitely ran in the family. Uh, so I quit my job kind of without a real plan. I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It's something I'd always wanted to do. I was living on the West Coast. I moved out East, and I legit was like, huh, I don't know how I'm going to replace my salary. And I kind of freaked out and took a head of marketing job in Boston at a tech startup because I said to myself, oh, obviously, if I work for a startup, I will learn how to start up a business. And what I learned is that starting up a business is hard and you just kind of figure it out and nobody really knows what they're doing. So why? (laughs) Unless they've done it already before. So why am I delaying the inevitable? And so um, about five and a half years ago, I started uh, a business where I help women um, essentially build their businesses. But my um, area of expertise and zone of genius is really around um, using marketing to build relationships with prospective clients and customers. Um, and then in order to effectively market, we kind of get into like business stuff because I'm like, I need to know what your goals are and you got to have some cash flow and all this other stuff. So um, I've created a podcast and a book and a company that's essentially uh, goes around the brand market your genius and it's all about uh, how can you turn your experiences and expertise into a profitable business how do you market that magic that genius which is you and um, I help people build essentially personal brand businesses well that's, that's fun very impressive like your LinkedIn is awesome by the way I'm oh, like thanks. this is this is a very great LinkedIn um yeah I really love that you you know you saw that like okay life is short like let me not spend time doing what I don't want to be doing let me just go after it and I love that you had the idea to like work for another startup because I don't think a lot of people like have that thought, but that's such a really good idea. And yes, of course, like every business is different. And at the end of the day, like you don't really know what it's like until you do it yourself. However, I feel like there's so much to be learned from watching someone else do it, or at the very least, like obviously making connections with people who own businesses, uh, like before you open up yours. So I love that, like 
before you fully became an entrepreneur, you're like, let me get out there and see how other people are doing it. Because that's a great way to kind of like stop yourself from taking some early missteps. You yeah. Know? You learn a lot of what not to do when you work with yes. other people. Yeah. Startups, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like that's so important because a lot of people, you know, just focus on a lot of people focus on making a certain amount of money before leaving, which 100%, right? Like, like before you're going to a situation where from a salary job to non-salary, you want to make sure that your bank account looks a certain way if possible. Like I completely get that. But I feel like people focus so much on like, oh, well, once I save X amount of money, I'm going to leave, but not actually on like the skill building process before that. So I, I just really love that you were like, yeah, I'm going to go work for, you know, a, a startup. And I think another thing that someone could just do is just kind of like, if you if you're not in a position where you can do that and you have to stay at like your salary job until you make the jump, like definitely just check out how other people are running their businesses and start to learn before you jump into it. Because as as you said, it's hard. <laughs> Truth. And you can even start that on the side, you know, like you don't yes. need five thousand mm-hmm. clients to be a business. You just need one. Yes. You know, so get a client, see what it's like, learn from it. So you had this really like amazing, amazing career before you went into entrepreneurship. So what was that transition like for you to go from a marketing executive that's like well-known in your community at at a corporation to then a full-time entrepreneur? So it was, oh my goodness, it was a combination of exciting and an emotional and financial roller coaster. And I think the reason for it being is that... um, I went into entrepreneurship feeling like I don't know anything, which wasn't true. Looking back, it really wasn't true, but that's how I felt. And so I was constantly looking at what other people were doing and trying to go, oh, well, that's how I should be building my business. But I was looking at people who were in business for like 10 plus years and the way they were building their business or not even building, like the, the level that they were at and the activities that they were doing weren't necessarily the activities that I should have been focusing on. And so I got my first clients through referrals, word of mouth, friends, like talking to other people about it. And I went, great, got some clients. And then I started trying to implement all of these like big, crazy marketing systems that people who were already at like 2 million plus and I like doing their strategies and wondering why it was not working or overwhelming. And it's like, no, like I'm at a different level. And so I think for me, the it was exciting. I learned a ton in that transition, but I think it was kind of one of those personal development journeys where I had to regain and rebuild my confidence. I had to really understand where I was and be cool with it and do things that worked for where I was and kind of figure out what that meant. And I really had to do this kind of development piece on myself that said, I don't need to be like everybody else. I don't need to even be doing what everybody else is doing. I just need to understand the why behind what they're doing and then figure out if that's what I should be doing right now or not. And so that's kind of what like the first year or so of my business looked like where I, you know, had successes. I made really good money, but I spent a crud ton of money because I didn't have the self-confidence to, or the trust in myself to figure it out. So I was like hiring coaches left and right. I think I had like so many coaches at one time. Nobody needs like 10 billion coaches when they're just starting their business at one time. Like, you know, one is more than enough. And I think I was just trying to, you know, avoid pain so much as opposed to just enjoying and learning from the journey. That's relatable. And also it's because coaches 
become a thing you know what I mean like it's like you need this person to get you through the hard times like it's marketed that way and sometimes it works that way but starting out so early you don't even know yourself as an entrepreneur so how do you expect someone else to know who you are as an entrepreneur that's such a good point that you made that you if you are going to invest in a coach I would say at least give yourself the the moment to fail you know what I mean like at least let yourself fail and see how you respond to that failure first before you try to stop yourself from like falling on the ground Because I feel like coaches are so good for like leveling up, right? Because it's like when you first started, it's like you need to like lay the foundation, lay the groundwork, that sort of thing, and have a chance to like realize where your weaknesses are as an entrepreneur. And that's what a coach can help address and then help like get you to that next level. Um, So it is, I think it's like often something that people will invest in like when they've been doing something for a while and they're trying to get to that like next level. That's what I feel like coaches are are probably best for. When I first started, I was in such an interesting place of um, not knowing what I should be doing. And so on top of like hiring coaches left and right, I was signing up for like too many classes and people really just need, you need like one game plan and one strategy and to do that over and over again, then figure out what's working, what's not working, where you're stuck. And then you can start hiring people to help you because you know what your problems are. But I I didn't give myself to your point earlier, like permission. <laughs> like I think Angelica said like, you know, you got to fail essentially first and realize why you're like, figure out what's not working before you can even go, oh yeah, this is what I need help with. Otherwise you just have somebody telling you what to do and they may not be giving you the best advice for you personally, because you don't even know who you are as an entrepreneur yet. So I feel like we're in the age of a brand as a person. I don't even think this is just an entrepreneur thing. I think I, I talk a lot about how employers have to be aware that millennials are a brand and they, when they choose to be employed by their company, they need to respect the brand that the millennial has already built before. You know what I mean? I have a whole rant about that. But entrepreneurs, for sure, have to create content to build their brand, to build their audience. And I think that's just a thing with existing as a professional, working professional but for you, and what advice would you have for entrepreneurs who are looking to do that, to grow their audience? What should they be doing? What type of content should they be creating? Yeah. And before I answer that, the one thing I, I have to tell people when it comes to creating content is that it's not often an overnight like solution to getting clients. And so full transparency in my business, when I started, I just went live it started off every day and then I would do it every week, but I just would teach content marketing or digital marketing or different things that I knew. I created this show, it was like called Content and Coffee, and I would just sit there and give some advice to people and teach things. And what ended up happening is people would go, wow, like they would watch, a lot of people would watch and never comment or do anything. So I didn't even know people were watching this thing. But what was cool about it is that after a number of months, and I'm talking like six months, 10 months, 12 months, people were like, oh yeah, I'd actually would love to work with you. I've been watching your videos for a while. And and the people who signed up after our 12 months from when I started this, I had actually stopped the show because I'm like, ah, this isn't really working. And so I'm going to share what type of content you should create, but just know that this is like a long game. And if you need clients or customers now, like start with things that are local, you know, or um, with your actual current network or referrals from your current clients. And some of that stuff comes organically. And then long term, if you you're going to need an audience, you're going to need that visibility. So you need to start that now, but consistently show up, even if it looks like nobody's looking. 
because they are a lot of people. Um, I have somebody who literally said, oh, yeah, I'm just a lurker. Like, I watch all your stuff, but I don't say anything. And I'm like, yeah, I know, because I didn't even know you existed. And then you're signing up for a package talking about, oh, yeah, I love all your videos. Um, But when it's how it works sometimes, it's a long game for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but when it comes to content that you should be creating, the the one piece that I really believe everybody could benefit from is what I call a weekly show, which is um, it could literally be a weekly show or it could be just um, in your in as far as you're concerned, it's your weekly show where you show up same time, same channel every week with content. And when you do that, and and what's cool about the weekly show is that you can make it daily, you can make it weekly. If you're just getting started, maybe it's biweekly and you graduate to weekly. But when you consistently show up and give something that's longer form, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 30 minutes, it could be an hour, like you choose. But when you're showing up and you're just adding value, and then at the end, you can do things like, hey, if you got a lot of value out of this video, you know, um, and you would like support on this specific topic, sign up for a call with me, you know, or share this video with a friend if you know somebody who would get a lot of value out of it. Or if you have a book or something like, if you got value out of this, if you want more content like this, go buy my book. And so you're doing things to just build that relationship with someone and consistently show up so that they know who you are and you're building that trust over time. And then what's cool is when you have that weekly show, you can then turn that into micro content. You can pull out, you know, um, blog posts from it, transcribe it and edit it up a little bit if it's a video, or you can grab clips of a video, or if it's a podcast, you know, you can grab clips of it and you socialize that all over the place. And I think so often people are stressing out about, oh my goodness, there are all these platforms and I need to create all this content. And somebody who I actually just watch a lot and and admire from a content production perspective is Gary Vee, because he literally just has, I'm convinced, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm convinced he just has somebody record things that he does. And he could literally just be sitting there. There's a video I watched. He was in a taxi in New York and somebody was just recording him talking. And he, I guess they asked him a question and he just started talking and they recorded it and put that stuff online. And it's not trying so hard to look perfect or for it to be pretty. It's like, hey, I'm just going to consistently give you a little tidbit of information that's super valuable. And people go, wow, that's the person who I know will know the answer or who I know will be able to help me figure out what's going on in my life, with my health, with my relationship, with my business, whatever it is you help people with. Um, So you really need that consistent show that could be long form and then you chop it up. Or if you can't do a long form that you record all the time, I batch that stuff. Like I sit down and I just have a day and I just hit record and I just go, let me answer this question that I know somebody's going to have. Let me talk about this topic. And I just record it all and then it can be edited by someone else. So I definitely recommend a weekly show and then chopping that stuff up into micro content and you post it on a platform consistently and, um, and you show up and people will connect and engage with you. Yeah, there's like a running joke that there's a poor intern or someone who like lives with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Gary Vee's person who like goes to bed with him and like wakes up and like is attached, like has a water pack on his back because he has to like do right. all these things. So yeah, I definitely agree with that weekly show idea. I mean, honestly, that's what we're doing, even though we we choose, you know, like as a person who doesn't do a lot of content, don't blog anymore. I don't definitely would never go live. Uh, but <laughs> this this is the weekly show. The podcast is the weekly show and it does work because people do 
find us and our businesses through this thing that we do consistently. So there's definitely a whole bunch of truth to what you're saying of like just showing up and creating something that you do every week just so people know that you exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love it because I feel like, you know, a weekly show is something that isn't so um, you know, overwhelming that like people aren't going to be like, Oh my God, there's just no way that I can do that. Because, you know, with the way that, you know, Instagram is and, you know, just social media as a whole lately, it's like, people are so overwhelmed because they're like, Oh my God, I got to make a post every day. I got to post a reel every day. I've got to like post 800 times, yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, is that like a lot of the schedules that are like out, like that people are using are just kind of chaotic. So people don't really know when to look for you, when to show up. But if you let people know like, Hey, I'm going to be here every Friday at this time. And you actually do that. You actually show up. Then it's like, okay, people know like if they want to see you to show up at that time. And I really feel like for me personally, like there's definitely a lot of um, creators and bloggers and such that I follow that do have that sort of thing where it's like, I know they're going to go live at a certain time, or I know that they're going to post, you know, like every whatever day they post and they post like a kind of a consistent sort of um, type of content at the same time. And so I'll go and look out for those things because I want to see them. Um, So yeah, I think that that helps so much, like not only just in just keeping you like making regular content, like keeping on that schedule, but also just letting your followers know, like, hey, this is when and where to find me. Because we're all just like out there on the internet, like talking to the abyss to an extent, you know what I mean? So it's, it's good to let people know where you're going to be. Just like if you were trying to meet up with people in person and share information and share your expertise with them, you would let people know where you were going to be. You wouldn't just like show up to a random coffee shop, stand up and start, you know, speaking. So it's kind of that same thing. You kind of want to give people like a, a date, a place and time. So I super love that a lot. So now we know, okay, a good type of way to make the content. What are the benefits of content marketing for entrepreneurs? You know, I I think there are so many benefits of content marketing. And I think for a lot of people, um, folks think, oh, okay, the benefit is that I'm being visible and people see me and I'm, you know, getting that sort of exposure. But one of the things that I love telling people about content marketing and some of the benefits of it that people don't realize is that when you consistently show up and you're doing a weekly show and you're adding value to people on a consistent basis, when it comes down for you to create, whether, especially if you're in the business of selling your services, um, or even something like a physical product that ends up being a book or something like you have all of that content figured out. And so when I went to write my book, one of the things that I realized is that, oh, I got this. This is so easy because I had been teaching workshops and courses and producing videos and doing webinars for like, I think by the time I started writing it, maybe four years, four and a half years. And so actually longer because I forgot my side hustle when I worked at another at the tech startup was uh, I teach digital marketing classes to entrepreneurs. And it was just fun for me. I didn't even realize it was a side hustle, um, really. (laughs) And then, or that it would lead into my business. But I taught things so often and I created content so often that when I needed to create a book or when I needed to create an online course or when I needed to create something that would help somebody walk through steps, I knew exactly what I wanted to teach and how to teach it because I put out content consistently and I saw what questions people had, what content people liked, 
I had people, you know, just go, hey, I'm going to go live next week. What's your biggest problem? And I'll address it. And when you're consistently showing up, it's almost like um, workshopping your entire business, (laughs) you know, content or programs in advance or on an ongoing basis and adding to it. You know, it's when I'm writing or creating content that some of my best ideas come from because somebody asks a question and I'm like, hmm, how can I teach this in a way that's really easy for this person to understand? And that's how I came up with, um, I have this method, it's called Just Like Dating. And it's about how marketing is just like dating. And I walk people through it. That happened because I was teaching a class and somebody said, hey, can you explain essentially marketing funnels to me in a way that I understand it? And I was like, oh, sure. Actually, it's just like dating. I don't even know where that came from. But it's like when I started sharing it, it became easy to digest. And then I started putting it online and seeing how people resonated with it. So I think, you know, one of the benefits and some of them are obviously, you know, you're able to show up, be consistent, connect with an an audience. But even just for yourself, you're able to then figure out how can you best teach things? How can you best explain things? How can you package your knowledge in such a way that you can sell it as a book or a course or a membership that people will love because you've already put that content out and you know what works and what doesn't work or how to best explain something? Yeah, I mean, I think dating is such a good comparison for most people because it's I mean even if you aren't dating you're gonna want to friendship dating is the same thing you know what I mean like so having that base and being realistic is something that people can easily because I feel like content marketing is so when you use industry terms you sound like like nuts like you just don't sound <laughs> like a normal human being when you talk about things as like sales funnels and lead pages da, 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 someone who has no idea what any of this stuff is you're like they're they're completely thrown off and then they're disinterested and then they don't want to do it and then they're discouraged before they get started so the fact that you have something that's relatable that most people can understand and understand that it takes work and easy in the beginning and that you have to kind of you know keep building on it it's just I think it's so approachable and I think more people will be more intentional with their brands now that they have something as easy as like you put it out there for people to understand yeah. And I'm like, even those of us who haven't dated in like 8,000 years, because we've been married for a super long time, I feel like a lot of our culture touches on that. So it's just such a uh, really easy, like parallel for people to grasp. And I love that. So why is experimentation so important in marketing? Because I think people, once they hear about content marketing, if you never heard of this thing and you start to get an idea of what you're doing, what are the benefits of now switching it up or maybe doing something a little bit different? Yeah, I believe that marketing and really business is just one giant science experiment. And I think so often people, and I was this person, so I feel confident saying like, this is what went on in my head and that I've had a ton of clients do the same thing where they're like, all right, person, coach, mentor, guru, whatever the heck you want to call someone, give me the answer that is going to help me get more clients. Give me the answer that is going to help me make more money. Give me like the thing I need to be doing. And it's like, well, anybody can tell you what worked for them. You know, they can say, oh, I used webinars or, oh, I did a challenge or, oh, I did, you know, a Facebook live every week, or I use reels or TikTok is growing my business or clubhouse is blowing it up. You have all these people sharing, you know, what worked for them, but in order for you to know what's going to work for you, or even if somebody else's 
high level strategy or even tactic is going to work for you is you have to do it and do it over and over and over again to see if it's working and make tweaks and adjustments along the way. And I think so often one of the biggest mistakes people make is they try something once and go, that didn't work. And then they throw it out the window and then they look at the next thing, or maybe it worked, but not as well as they wanted it to. And they're going, Ooh, but somebody else said I can do this faster and easier and better. So I'm going to go do their method now. And keep in mind, again, I was this person. And so what I tell people is that you have to treat your business and especially your marketing like a mad scientist. And I created an acronym. It's MAD is M-A-A-D. And it's essentially you have to make a plan. You have to activate the plan, you know, like do the plan. (laughs) Then you have to adjust the plan based off of the analytics. So you actually have to look at the results of what you just did. And then you have to adjust it, you know, make it better, make something a little bit different. And then you have to do it again. So it's make a plan, activate the plan, adjust the plan, and do it again. And that cycle over and over and over again is how you get more clients on a consistent basis. It's how your business grows. And it's honestly how you create systems and structures where you don't have to do things with the same level of effort each time. You know, you're not starting over again. You're not figuring out, oh, which email should I send? Or, oh, what time of day should I do this? Because you've done it so many times, you know what works. And so when you do something over and over and over again, and you treat it truly like how a scientist would do an experiment, you'd get results. You know, it's not like the light bulb happened with one experiment. It's like, oh, I tried to make a light bulb once and it didn't work. So I just gave up and, you know, there's just not going to be light. It's cool we'll be fine. We've got the sun. Like that's not what happened. There were thousands of experiments, even thousands of experiments just on like a little piece of the light bulb, right? So you've really, when you can go at your business or at marketing saying, wow, I need to come up with a plan that I really believe I can commit to for the next year. Like if all I'm going to do, I'm making this up, but if all I'm going to do is launch a podcast to get clients I need to go all in on this podcast and figure out what's going to work to get me from podcast to clients over and over and over again for the next 12 months and tweak and make adjustments along the way. Because when people try to do too many things, their systems and their, uh, you know, just brain is fragmented, you know, like they can't devote enough energy and effort to something to figure out if it works. So I'm like, get your metaphorical goggles on, run an experiment and do it over and over again and have a whole lot of fun doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's totally like for the normal average person with no underlying health conditions, it's like the same thing with weight loss. It's like calorie deficiency (laughs) and active. You know what I mean? Like that's literally all you can do to lose weight is take in less calories. But for some reason we buy all these programs and these plans. We have 95 different people who tell us all the same thing and da da da. And so like you're saying, until you become consistent, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to see any results. So until you put in the effort, put in the time, put in the work and really being like, Hey, I'm going to show up and do this thing every day. And it's not going to be fun. Like that's, the, I don't know, like entrepreneurship. And I think that's the hard thing with like being a brand as an entrepreneur is that you're at the point when it looks fun to you, you've already done all the hard work. So when you're starting out, you can't compare yourself to the person who you're idolizing. Cause that person had to do all the crappy nights and long weekends and like cheap, you know, 
clients and have sell products for cheaper than they were and all that type make mistakes. And so when you're starting out, you do have to understand it's not fun. <laughs> it's just not, it's not fun. It will be fun at some point. And some parts will be fun. And it probably is more fun to you than clocking in and doing a nine to five. And that's why you're there. Yes. But just yeah. know it's not glamorous work in the very beginning. And you have to figure out what works so that you can get the results for you and your clients, not for everyone else, what works for you. Yeah. And I love the idea of like looking at it like a scientist because that does make it more fun. <laughs> like just kind of like playing around and having that experimentation. Uh, you know, for me, it's like, I've loved like exploring different types of content. And I think that like, had I had not been open to that, like, you know, I would never be here talking on a podcast, you know, like that's for sure. Like I used to always be like, I want to write, you know, for my blog and I want to write, you know, just long long, 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 you know, posts. And because I was a photographer for so long, I just wanted to like share photos, never be the face of my business. I was not interested in that. Um, and you know, in the what 12 ish years that I've been an entrepreneur, probably more than that, I guess, um, you know, the game has definitely changed and like, you can't do things the way that you used to do. You, you kind of, in this sense, need to be a little bit of the face of your business nowadays. Um, and so thankfully, like I've been open to being adaptable, but I definitely think you have to be open to being adaptable, adaptable and experimenting in marketing because, you know, marketing just is always changing as well. Just like with the introduction of social media and like the way that that has grown has been wild and it's only going to continue changing. I mean, we just saw now these changes that are coming to Instagram, um, you know, where they're going to be more video heavy, which, you know, we all could probably see coming. Um, but yeah, it's like, so people are going to need to start experimenting with their reels and that sort of thing. So I don't know. I think it's kind of fun and exciting, but kind of like Angelica, you just said, like, I'm in a place now where things are like good for me work-wise. So, you know, starting out in this, I'd be like overwhelmed. But I also do think that like a lot of people have said, like, there's still kind of like more opportunity than ever to be seen because there's so many different platforms and ways to like get your message out there, which is awesome. So, so true. So what are your five must-haves for building a profitable profitable business? Because, you know, we are all about doing something that you love and, you know, not having to, you know, getting to a place where you don't have to just hustle. But at the end of the day, like we're working for money, you know what I mean? So it's like we work because we love what we do, yes, but we want to be making profit. So what, what would you say that those five must-haves are so that people can be out there building businesses that are actually profitable? Yeah. I mean, I think when you are out to build a profitable business, one of the biggest must-haves, like you absolutely need this, is you have to have like the mindset and mentality that you are running a business. And I think so often people, especially when they're coming from the place of, I want to help people go at it and are like, Hey, you know, I really want to serve this audience because they really need my help and I really want to support them, but they may not want to pay money for what you've got going on. And so one of the things that often happens is people are going, oh, my business, it's not making any money. And I keep marketing to these folks and I keep hearing I'm too expensive. So therefore I'm going to reduce my prices. And it's like, well, do you have the right offering? Do you have the right target audience? Do you have the right business model? And so often, you know, and I've been through this where I'm like, I know I want to help more people. I'm going to charge, create something that's like a hundred bucks or 20 bucks. And it's not like it takes less effort to market something that's less expensive. 
And so one of the must-haves that I have for people is to really determine what is the best business model, what is the best target audience, what is the best product for you to deliver, and to stick with that one offer and deliver it until you know that you can generate a profit from it. You know, like keep making the product and offering better. Keep getting clear on who your target audience is. And so I think, you know, I I probably gave too many of the must-haves in there, but you must have a solid offering. You must have a clear, defined target audience that you're going to go after. And that doesn't mean that you're only going to go after that offer or that audience forever. And it doesn't mean that you have to customize everything for that audience. It just means that right now, as you go laser focused, you're saying, hey, I'm going to offer this to this audience. I'm going to uh, convert them in this one method. You know, is it a discovery call or a call that you're converting people on? Is it a sales page? Like how can somebody actually buy? How are you going to get people into your audience? Like, are you going to organically post on Instagram and do a bunch of reels? Are you going to be guests on podcasts? Are you going to run ads? Like choose your one method for getting in front of more people. I tell people, you know, there's usually three methods. It's OPP. It's how I like to remember it. You know, you down with OPP. It's organic paid partner. Which one are you going to do? Are you going to show up organically posting on social media or networking events or things like that? Are you going to pay by running ads or sponsoring something? Or are you going to partner with other people who have that audience that you want and maybe deliver content for them and and they give you exposure to your audience? But choose a method. Just choose one and go all in for it. You know. And if you have a mindset, if you have a strong mindset, if you have that clear target audience, if you have that one offering, if you have that one method for getting in front of them, and you have that one way for them to buy, if you focus on all of those things, then you will see results in your business. And I think so often people go, okay, yeah, I have a target audience and I have an offering and my mindset's good. But it's like, no, you have like 10 target audiences and 10 products and you're only one person and that's hard. So less is more. focus and just have like one of each of those things, you know, like one target audience, one offering, one way to get in front of them, one way to convert them and sell them, you know, one way to build a relationship with them and have a really solid mindset along the way and you'll be in good shape. People come in and they're like, oh my God, more is more. And I'm like, no, less is more. Like it gets very like convoluted and confusing when you have so many offerings it's not clear what you do. You know, it's like you can, you can build to having those more offerings, but especially in the beginning, it's like, it's so much easier if you have just a clear path of like what it is that you're offering because people will get overwhelmed. And a lot of times when you have too many offerings, like people will be like, well, I don't know what to choose. Cause that's the thing is a lot of times, especially if you're in the market of like coaching and things like that, um, people are coming to you for clarity, right? And so when you have so many offerings, like they don't know which to choose. Whereas if you have like three that are like very clear, that's going to help them narrow it down and be like, okay, this is what fits me. Um, and I also love that you said OPP because now I will never forget it. <laughs> uh, literally, I was just thinking the other day, I was like, they really just made this song in the 90s and just sang this and everybody was singing it. And yeah, that's wild. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. So true. <laughs> Ridiculous. I told my husband uh, the other day, I was like, yeah, y'all were really just out here like singing this. And he's like, yeah, like I was in like, I, I don't know. I was in like elementary school, I think. And I remember like my mom would play it on the radio because one or two jams played it. I was like, there's no way she knew what that meant. And I was just like, I can't, I cannot. <laughs> there are so many songs where I look back and I was singing in middle school and I'm like, who let me listen to this? Like, do right? I even know? Like, genuine and all this other stuff. I was like, did I know what he meant in the song Pony? Obviously not. Not at because all. Because I was like, why I, was I singing that? I thought that he was riding a pony. I really did. Because <laughs> my cousin not used to listen Sebastian to it. Sebastian from Parks and Recreation. He yes, right yes. My cousin used to listen to it all the time. And I was like, oh, the, the pony song about the pony. And then I thought that the, the, the music, like the sound was a frog. So it's just like, this is just Goodbye, like an animal song. Charisma. Like there's a frog, Goodbye. there's a pony. And and me and my cousins to this day still call it the frog song. Because <laughs> we would ask even. my, we, like me and my cousin at our same age would ask her older sister, my, my cousin, we would be like, put on the frog song, put on the frog song. And she's like, guys, please leave my room. Like I'm a teenager. Like you guys are the worst. So yeah. <laughs> the problematic. The, the levels of problematic in this story. It just unprecedented um moving on (laughs) you're like and moving along i am literally like the sandman trying to shoe up all christmas nonsense today (laughs) i love it (laughs) what are three tools nikki that you use daily to run your business more effectively oh my goodness did you say free tools or three tools because i was still laughing about the frog song (laughs) the frog song has ruined my podcast just three (laughs) Three tools, not not necessarily free. They don't have to be free. Um, Three tools that I use to run my business, and I'm probably going to change them based off of what we talked about today. Um, But some of my favorite, one, um, I can't live without Calendly because I am terrible at scheduling. Um, And so I have basically like a pro account and I'm like, hey, guys, this is when you can book me. And then it sends out all of the sequence of emails or anything anybody needs to do because otherwise I'm, I can't. Um, I also can't run my business without Loom because I, or, or um, I use Loom and sometimes I use one's called like, what is it? Like bomb bomb. And I can't remember the other one right now, but it's essentially, I hate writing emails. So I record videos and send them to people. So when somebody emails me, I usually send them a video back um, because I over, I think too much with emails where I could just talk it out, but who wants to get on the phone nowadays? So I do that. And in that uh, kind of line, I love Voxer or any way in which I can leave a voice memo for similar reasons. I don't like writing out messages. I just voice memo people. Um, so those are those are three that I I love. There's a lot of um, you know type of jobs where people kind of need you to like explain things in that way, like where video would be helpful. Like I know people who will record videos for their clients, like for frequently asked questions and things like that, and just have them like ready to go. Especially if like people that sell like layouts and things like that, that you have to install and they're like, I don't know how to install that. And so you just kind of have to answer that same question again. So they'll just like record a video. So I love the idea of kind of doing that um, as well. Like when you're answering, you know, emails and stuff, especially with what you do, uh, because speaking to you and like hearing you is like, it's so motivational, you know what I mean? So I really love that you, you know, take the time to do that because you you can essentially like 
connect in a way that you can't when you're writing. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just different. I, I love writing. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to video back people. So don't y'all, y'all don't expect to email me and, and see a video back. Cause that would mean that I'd have to do my hair and I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> I love that idea. I feel like that for specific businesses, that's just like a, a game changer. I like that. Yeah. And what's so funny about it is that I, I love writing long form content. It's like really long form content. Like I loved writing the book, but you asked me to write a short email and I'm like, oh, this is torture. (laughs) And so sometimes I send a video or a voice memo back on like the simplest things. I'm like, Mm -hmm. here are the days that I'm available. (laughs) What works for you? (laughs) And people think or feel so um, like I'm personable because of it, but it's really, you're more likely to get an answer from me if I send you a video back in all honesty. I love that though. And I I love that, like, you know, that that works better for you and you're doing it because that's again, kind of like we were talking about. I mean, it's different because it's not necessarily exactly marketing, but it's the experimentation of like making your business work in a way that works for you. Like this is not 20, 30 years ago. You don't have to answer everything with just an email if you don't want to. So there's just so many options for no matter like what sort of, uh, situation you like you can just kind of create what you want because it's your business I love that all right so tell our listeners where they can follow you to learn more about what you do and let us know like any uh, upcoming offerings or anything like that that our listeners should be looking out for cool sounds good so probably the best way to connect with me and hear from me on a regular basis is since we're on a podcast I'm always like the name of my podcast is market your genius and can check it out there Um, and let's see offerings coming up. I have a book depending on when you guys are listening book comes out August 24th of 2021. It's called market your genius. If you can't tell that is a common brand theme here we've got going on. Um, but it's literally, how do you, um, package your genius in such a way that people want to buy it? How do you promote it so that they keep, you know, you essentially warm people up to buy it. And then how do you deliver it in such a way that the folks who buy from you not only tell everybody and their mother about you, but they keep buying from you and become clients for life. So I am so proud of this book. It has so many, like, if you're a 90s uh, kid or were alive in the 90s, I have a lot of musical references like OPP and uh, television show references to tell stories um, that make a point. So I find it an entertaining read, even though it's a marketing book. Um, And yeah, that would be kind of the best place to go. And I have, depending on when you buy the book, um, sweet offers and bonuses. So if you buy it before, on or before August 23rd, there's a set of sweet bonuses. And if you buy it afterwards, there's um, a companion course that you'll still get with it and and still some sweet bonuses. So that's where I would send people. And people can go to marketyourgeniusbook.com to pre-order it because you guys are going to be hearing this in July. So I think think we've talked about here on the podcast how important it is and how helpful it is to pre-order books for people from people. So marketyourgeniusbook.com, go there, pre-order it today um, and read it. I'm going to read it and then we can see how you guys like it. Are you going to do a playlist? Because... If you do a book launch playlist on Spotify, I would be down to clown. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's legit. Um, so the companion course, essentially what it is, is it's um, it's like 
it's on its own. It doesn't really make sense. It just goes with the book. And it has things like um, a playlist. I have something that I call the inner soundtrack remix because I find my limiting beliefs like a a continuous loop of negative thoughts, kind of like getting a bad song stuck in your head. So I'm like, create a playlist. And so I have a playlist of music that's like designed to, for me, like it helps me, but other people may get get some joy out of it to kind of like pump you up, get you excited, you know, um, listen to it before sales calls or before you have to do something that you're afraid to do or something like that. And it kind of puts you in a good mood. So there's definitely a playlist and you guys should definitely listen to it. Yay. Give me suggestions. We're too. Sold. I'll, I'll add to it. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am super sold. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. I learned so much today. I am so excited to read your book because I've been honestly needing like a good, like more businessy book to read lately. Cause I've just been like, stuck in like I, my I'm only reading like black fantasy novels right now um so I'm really excited to you know pick that up definitely excited to uh read Spotify I actually just ordered my book right now as we were talking um so yeah I can't wait I can't wait for our listeners to read it and for us to you know hopefully talk about it maybe later this year on the podcast again that would be magic <laughs>